Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. One crisp spring day, I was at an outdoor flea market with some friends. I had wandered off by myself and found rounds and rounds of racks of really cute and inexpensive clothes, dresses, jeans, and scarves. I loaded up my arms and looked around for the nearest dressing room. A helpful, handsome, quiet, and rushed to my side and took my clothes from me and led me inside to a very spacious dressing room, closer to the size of a bedroom than a stall. I smiled and thanked him generously. I suspected he had shown me some favor in leading me to this room that was a little out of the way, a little inconvenient to get to, yet very, very nice. He laid my clothes down on the bench beside me and left. I excitedly looked down at my collection to see what I would try on first, and I realized with a start that they had all turned into swimsuits. The nice man must have given me swimsuits. I didn't want to try on swimsuits. In fact, I'd rather eat glass, thank you very much. But I remembered that I did actually need a swimsuit for a trip coming up, and I thought maybe this was just a nice coincidence and fate's way of assuring that I'd do something I would really rather not do. So I took a deep breath, and I tried on the first swimsuit, a lovely aqua number. I turned around and surveyed how much cellulite was showing in the back, and right at that moment, I heard a ding. And this ding sounded a lot like an elevator ding. That's weird, I thought. And then I realized that my dressing room actually had an elevator in it, and an elevator was actually opening into my dressing room where I was trying on swimsuits of all things. I saw the red light light up announcing the elevator's arrival and I started to panic. I looked around for something to throw on, but my clothes had disappeared. I froze as the doors slid open in slow motion to reveal a man standing inside. I could sense he was a kind man, something in the way he stood, but he was shadowed, something about the lighting of the elevator, I guess. I I couldn't make him out. He stood in front of me, expressionless as far as I could tell, and I was expressionless back in the aqua swimsuit that was truthfully a little too small. I stared at him. He stared at me. Neither of us really knew what to do. It was an excruciating exchange. And then I woke up. I had this dream one week before I got married. And then again, before I released a book. And every detail was exactly the same except for one. Before I got married, my elevator audience was a shadowed silent man. And before the book release, the elevator opened up to a non-clapping, barely noticing, going about their business crowd of about 20 people. And usually my dreams confuse the heck out of me. I'll be talking about something with conviction and my teeth will start crumbling out of my mouth. I mean, crumbling teeth, is that even a thing? Or I'll show up to school wearing only Doc Martens. I've never owned a pair of Doc Martens in my life. But the elevator dream is hardly confusing. There's nothing cryptic there. Standing exposed before the judgment of another. Cellulite showing. I've thought about that dream a lot. What it says about my tendencies... My tendency is to choose maxi dresses and scarves over swimsuits to play it safe. A kind man showing me some favor and insisting on something different. Real connection requires complete exposure. But complete exposure opens us up to all sorts of pain. K. 
can we risk it? This episode is about intimacy in our marriages, our deep, abiding connections on mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual levels. What facilitates it? What destroys it? This episode is about what happens after the elevator doors open. In our culture, sex is everywhere. It's on our TVs, even in our commercials. It's on billboards. It's on magazine covers and the checkout lines of the grocery store. It's all over the internet. So I find it completely ironic that having an actual conversation about sex is rare or uncomfortable, difficult even, taboo. Why? I'm so tired of following the world's lead on this topic because something is really, really off. Has my culture trained me to think that sex is taboo? Maybe. Because of that, is talking about sex uncomfortable for me? Maybe. Well, two things. Number one, the Lord isn't interested in my comfort. He's interested in my conversion. And why are we so convinced that things that are uncomfortable are bad for us anyway? Number two, we have to talk about sex. We have to make this conversation normal. We have to take this topic back from the world because the world has become culturally disabled on the subject. The world is messing people up big time by placing one of their most innate desires all around them, everywhere they turn, around every corner, and then making it taboo. Refusing to talk about it, making it socially unacceptable to discuss. So, this repression, the confusion, the mixed message of it all, I am certain that it breeds exploitation and recklessness and violence and deviance and so many harmful behaviors. Sex done well, holy sex. We don't know what to think about that, do we? God does. We don't know how to talk about that, do we? God does. We don't know where to begin with that, do we? God does. Because let's be frank, God loves sex. I know, it's a scandal. But the truth is that scripture talks far more about the pleasures of sex than it does about being fruitful or being one. And speaking of being one, it's an incredible thought, is it not? Two separate beings becoming so bonded, so connected in body, soul, and spirit that God sees them as one rather than two. I can't get my head around it. But when I meditate on the magnitude of it, I know I want in. And I have new motivation to define sex in a holy way. Most of the time, our parents didn't talk about it. And if they did, they talked about the horrors of it, how dangerous it could be. And we end up learning only that something is wrong with sex. And I'm convinced that if we could just quit centering our conversations around fear and shame and center them on celebration and education, we could work against a host of ills. My dear friend, Rachel Lovett, and I got together and did our very best to try to make this topic normal. Because we believe that making sex normal, making this topic normal, is the only way to slice out shame. And slicing out shame is the only way to recognize God. And recognizing God in sex is the only way to do it right. So, trying on swimsuits. I didn't want to do it. But I needed to do it. Podcasting about sex, I wasn't jumping to do it, but I think we need to do it. This conversation, how God defines it, has to become our new normal. So I'm making a commitment to standing here with cellulite everywhere while an elevator door opens and making a commitment to feeling everything, even discomfort, even fear. We have to be willing to feel everything. And trust me, Rachel and I have felt everything trying to get this episode posted. Giggles, doubts, discomfort, some hurt, a few hoops to jump through. But here we are in our Aqua Numbers. From the book of 2 Kings, Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. 
Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as surely as you live, I will not leave you. This is my friend, Rachel. We've been friends for six years. Rachel follows the Holy Spirit with some serious gusto, is quick to laugh with you or cry with you, whatever the situation calls for. And wherever she's going, I want to go too. Hi, Rachel. I'm so glad you're here. So fun. You're such, As always. You're such a, um, a Center Saint Sister regular. Oh, that is an honor. It is <laughs> an absolute honor to be a Center Saint Sister regular. Well, here's what's great is that I just, when it comes to Center Saint Sister, you're so esteemed because I'm pretty sure that it is our conversations in the very first place that made me think, wait, these need recorded and dispersed. <laughs> well, I don't know anyone that I can sit and have a conversation with. And I'm just like, the Lord just like pours out. And like, oh, we start, yes. and I just love when we talk. I mean, it's it so really good. is so healing and therapeutic for me. I have chills right now, actually. <laughs> do you? I do. I do. A little bit of butterflies, too. Because I'm like, oh, here we go. But... Um, well, it's so appropriate to have you on right now and opening the season. Everybody go back. If you want to know more about um, just Rachel and her wisdom and our friendship, um, we talk a little bit in other episodes about how we grew to love each other and yes. know each other well. Um, so both episodes were episode three of season one and two, Godly Identity and then Foster Care, which by the way, Foster Care is one of our very most listened to episodes, wow. which is so intriguing because how it many is. people are touched by foster care? Like not, not that many. not many, but I really do see this like move of the Lord in in foster care and people just like really digging in and like either becoming foster parents or doing you know supporting other foster parents and so anyway that's just so yeah. cool to me because it felt like such a knit like such a tiny thing uh -huh. and I just the Lord's like showing me yes. like he's doing a new thing I just got chills again I love it so. <laughs> um, but anyways so go back and listen to how Rachel and I fell in love with each other and a little bit about our friendship but there was a group of girls we have a, a, a tight knit little circle of just prayer warriors and we get together and mm -hmm. we had gotten together for lunch one day and you were running a little bit late and you kind of just in this very like you know romantic comedy-esque like slid into the booth you know <laughs> and you're like oh and you were telling us about how like ragged you had been uh -huh. just you know running here and there and you know too thinly spread and I was like well I just recorded this really awesome self-care episode like maybe you should check it out we I mean we were laughing yeah. and you were like I said have you listened to it yet and you said no but I just listened to the sex episode <laughs> and that needs a part two yeah and I was like so you're up <laughs> I will now very carefully word how we talk about future episodes but no it really um sparked something and I know I know so we were just saying every every time I go to talk about this it feels like a sexual innuendo <laughs> so I'm like gonna it be, just keeps coming up I'm gonna really <laughs> I'm gonna really try to not giggle like a 12 year old girl through this anyway but no it really did um spark and touch something inside of me that um it was it was a it was a piece of a conversation and I was like I want to hear more I want to mm, know more about yeah. what you said yeah and what you have to say so well the episode that you listened to which is episode six last season with Stephanie Ragitz and it was it was entitled intimacy and marriage but really what I see now is it was a broader umbrella for you and me mm -hmm. I think is going to be specifically intimacy sure in marriage sure what God intended, what gets in the way of it. Yeah. One um, thing that I really loved about the episode is that the conversation around sex has always bothered me for a couple of different ways. You know, growing up, it was sort of not talked about right. or it was something that was, you know, you know, even though no one said like, it's dirty, it's bad. Like right. the, the lack of conversation around it is sort of like an, um, an unspoken yeah. Learned thing. Implied that. Yes. Yeah. And then when I became a married Christian woman, um, it seemed like oversimplified. Right. And it was this very like stereotypical, like, you know, like what a man needs, what a woman needs. And I felt like there was just something missing. Mm -hmm. And so what I loved about y'all's episode mm -hmm. is that I really felt 
the spiritual nature be touched mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. and just the the you know emotional connection in just some ways that I don't hear a lot people probably have these conversations right. other places but not like in a large setting where right. there's vulnerability to like a lot of different people does right. that make sense yes so absolutely. anyway it was really um it really did. We're just not me. talking about it in Christian circles. We're mm-hmm. not talking about it in the church. I mean, we have a whole book of the Bible. It's like there's like this steamy sex sequence uh-huh. from Song of Solomon. And it's not exactly like being preached from the pulpit. Pleasure right. is not being preached from the pulpit. Right. <laughs> and even you saying that has this visceral like uncomfortableness uh-huh. inside of me. Like, sure. like oh. and then, but, the, but which that kind of makes you like dig in deeper. Like, yeah. okay, yeah. what is this really right. for? Right. Okay. Well, I have so much to say about all of this. Um, first of all, we both have a couple of disclaimers. We do. Yes. yes. You want to go first? You want me to? You go first. Okay. Uh-huh. My disclaimers are that everything that we are about to say is relevant to marriage. Mm-hmm. So knowing that we have a lot of young listeners, these, are the, these aren't like tips or aspects of intimacy to mm-hmm. have with your boyfriend to try out with your boyfriend. Um, And then the other thing is that this is within marriage. It is for healthy marriage. This is for healthy marriages that um, are mutually respectful. Yes. And so um, we're assuming like communication is happening. We're assuming there's not abuse existing in that relationship in any form. Right. Um, I would never want to inadvertently um, send a message that says, you know, when it comes to sex, well, you have to, right. or you should really just try harder. Or, or is it because you haven't thought of this? I right. would never want to put that in, in context with something that's not respectful. Yes. So sweet. Okay. Yeah. And then my two disclaimers are, I am absolutely not an expert. Um, I have been married for 10 years and I'm sure I have a lifetime of learning in this area and I'm so excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, this, anything that I have to say is just my experiences and things that have been really impactful for me and my husband. Um, and then also like, I would never want to inadvertently hurt or, I mean, you know, this is just my experience, my story, and I'm sure there's things that I you know, in people's experience that I just haven't thought about. Right. And I just want to give plenty of space to that. There's lots of ways to look at this. Yes. And everyone has their own very personal attachment to this topic. So everyone is dealing with something different mm. in this moment, like yes. in this very present moment. So, um, I don't know. I just would just invite listeners to listen with a lot of freedom. And yes. there might be things that work for you right now. Yeah, praise Jesus. <laughs> you yes. know, that, that would never work for you in a previous time or would never work for you right now, but might later. Absolutely. And so let's just give each other a lot of... And I love that we're having to make all these disclaimers about it because it really speaks to the weightiness mm-hmm. of what we're talking about. Right. And it isn't a simple duty or mm-hmm. a simple fact a matter of fact thing like there is an ocean of mystery yes. and yes. godliness yes. wrapped up in the subject yes. and i it's kind of fascinating it's to complicated me. isn't it? i want to make sex i want to make our bodies i want to make our gender differences an ordinary part of conversation because when we're not talking about it we don't know what's true about it right and I feel like currently the ways that we talk about it mm-hmm. are broken. I feel like the ways that we're not talking about mm-hmm. it are broken. And I'm just tired of it being broken. Right, right. Um, I can't help but also wonder what the consequences are right. of not talking about it. Because I know what happens to my fears when I don't talk about sure. them. Sure. They multiply. Sure. I know what happens to my insecurities when I don't talk about them. They become harmful. Mm-hmm. And shame can become sinister. I mean, Absolutely. What's happening? We start getting these ideas in our head because when things aren't exposed to light, it's so easy to slip in lies. What you're talking about is freedom within the confines that the Lord has given us. Amen. And we just Great need to line. explore this all... This is what Rachel does, my friends. <laughs> Go ahead. We need to we explore. We should explore every bound. I mean, you know, we have freedom to explore so much. Amen. And buried things stink. Yes. So, so let's put burying <laughs> things. and die. That's not, yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's dig right in. Okay, let's go. How was sex intended, Rachel Lovett? What did God have in mind? My husband and I came, without going too much into detail, 
Although he is a total open book and just like, yeah, say whatever. He doesn't I care. I love Miss and Larry. Love he it. is He's one precious. open book. And it's like, well, anything I say, Larry would say something and so much more. So <laughs> I'm good. Um, you know, in the beginning, I was really, both of us came into marriage with different levels of purity. And I mean, there's, I don't know many people that are unaffected sexually coming into marriage whether it be i mean an impure thought you know versus like you know whatever else extreme there is like you know all of us come in with the with woundedness and places of misunderstanding and so i think when i first i had this very simple idea of what sex is um there was a part of me that was a little afraid of it because of just some unsaid learned things that I brought into our marriage and so um you know we have really like and then of course then you add in and y'all talked about this a lot in the last episode but then you bring in kids and jobs and illness and and loss and grief and there's just so much right um and so we experienced all of those things and I think that we really like we came to a point that we're like, okay, this is a gift of God and let's figure out what all of that is about. This is a gift from the Lord. He does not give bad gifts. Right. So if you don't like sex, and we're, again, caveat, we're talking yes. about healthy, healthy. marriage, yeah. not abuse. Mm-hmm. If you're not any of those things and more that I'm not thinking of mentioning mm-hmm. and you are and you don't like sex, mm-hmm. you know, I've been there mm. and I had to ask myself, or how to you know, kind of reconcile like that. Wait, this is a good gift mm-hmm. from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I've got to figure out like all what the Lord has for me right. in this place. And so there was healing that had to happen. Sure. There was just exposing things, conversation, which we can talk more about. But in the end, I really felt like that there is such a bigger spiritual component that I think is just like blow. It continues to blow my mind. Right. You know, like God intended a marriage to be a reflection of Jesus in the church, and that unity that comes in a spiritual sense between the church and Jesus, we experience in a physical sense yes. through sex, yes. which creates unity in a spiritual sense. Yes. And God intends this for us to know and to actually become one flesh. It is not about doing something. Mm -hmm. It is about the heart Mm -hmm. in the same way that in a marriage, it is not about checklists and functions. Mm -hmm. It's about the heart. And the best way that we have found to stay heart connected Mm -hmm. is through sex. It's unitive. I'm glad that you compared those two. I have a question for you. Um, you know, it's, it's funny to me that this can be a scandal, you know, that, you know, tenderness, ecstasy, Mm -hmm. vulnerability, nakedness, desire, Uh physicality, spirituality, sex. I feel like, you know, our church has this tendency to kind of like ignore the good stuff. And then our culture kind of overemphasizes the good stuff or something, or just simplifies it, like boils it down or something. And, um, and then we're left kind of defining sex on our own and the definition it just doesn't embody the fullness and so good sex what good sex does is it brings both together this this physicality this spirituality and we are invited Mm -hmm. through this experience to experience god Mm -hmm. as we experience sex Mm -hmm. i mean he made it up Mm -hmm. he's not scandalized by it no that's right and so here's this is my question for you so okay so we are invited to experience god how we experience sex but we are also invited to experience sex how we experience god yeah and i would imagine that whatever you know for each person for each individual um there's probably one that's more unfathomable than another right and so that's my question for you. That's a great question. I, I, and I feel like I've been on both sides of those, mm, those things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so I think I interrupted you. No, you didn't. Okay. No, no. So I cannot, for me, I'm going to answer the question and then I want to totally turn it over to you. But I, I'm giving you time to think while I, because I just like. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I just kind of well, dropped you kinda, that. You kind of blew my mind there for a second. I'm like, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. But, you know, for, for me, um, I cannot imagine attributing the safety and the freedom and the abandon 
that I feel in my relationship with the Lord, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine attributing that Mm -hmm. to my sex life. Mm -hmm. And you talk about gift, like what a gift. That's amazing. That is an amazing opportunity that I know. That's right. I have not stepped fully into. I know that I have. Yeah. I don't think that I would have come up with all of that on my own. But like, as you're saying that, I, I totally relate. You know, one thing that really stood out to me one time, and, and I heard this teaching was, you know, when God told, you know, male and female, he, he told them to come together and subdue the earth. Mm. People that choose to be in a covenant with one another, like they're yoked. Like when you're single, you go, you still go and subdue the earth. Like you go and take territory for the kingdom. Like you go into all the places and bring the light. But when you're in a covenant with a person, like you gotta go together. Um, but you know, it's so important to be one flesh mm-hmm. to go forward mm-hmm. and subdue whatever mm-hmm. the Lord is calling you mm-hmm. to subdue, go whatever dark place that the Lord is calling you. And so I have considered that in places when I am feeling spiritually attacked in other places mm-hmm. that often I'll be attacked in mm-hmm. um, my sex life too. And that's not an accident. Yeah. That's not, that's not like a, Oh, where did that come from? Like yeah. Satan would love us disunified. That's really great. Yeah. Well, this is, I'm, this is why I'm glad that you said that because as I'm talking, I'm thinking like, Oh, we need to have sex so that I'll find you and you know, charming again, mm-hmm. because that makes my day more fun. But you're mm-hmm. talking about, no, it weakens your witness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're stronger together, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. we're, what was the word you were subduing things? We're what subduing are we doing? the earth. <laughs> You know, yeah, but, you know. but like I've never, I've never thought of it that way. Well, I hadn't you know? either until this really smart girl. I wish I could remember her name so I could give her credit. But you know, she she had made that point, and it was really transformative for me because yeah, I'm like I would never have thought about like, you know, our got our work on on the on the earth for the Lord's kingdom would have anything yeah. to do with sex. Yeah, right. Like, I thought that was just for us, and it's, it's like no, like totally it's for the crazy. kingdom. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it blew my mind. Yeah, it's good. Um, I, I I said this in the last episode about sex. By the way, we're gonna have an episode about sex every season. Did I say that? Next, good. I know. I have. You know. I know. I know. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> people know a lot more than I do. <laughs> no. Well, the next one's gonna be about talking to our kids about sex because I did that this summer. It was oh so my gosh. Great. I'm gonna be. That's. I cannot wait. Yeah. I think that's. I mean, I have asked that question like. <sighs> So many times, like how can how can I make sure like the things that I came into, yes. like how can I how can I flip the script? Let, let's exactly yeah, let's anyway. work against. It's been a while, uh-huh. and then you're not communicating about it, right? And so I have my own thoughts about why it's been a while, and mm-hmm. he probably has his thoughts about why it's been a while. Oh, and they definitely know it's been a while. <laughs> And then you're left to your own thoughts about why, you know, it's been a while. And I'm like, well, that's probably because I'm not captivating at all. And you don't want to. And that's just great. Because if you don't want to, then guess what? I don't want to either. (laughs) And have you taken out the trash yet? It's so true. I mean, it can get to this really. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, as you and I were, you know, brushed on this just a little bit. We we had we had some some bullet points and yes. communication was just such yes. a big one. Let's talk about sex and communication. I still remember the first time that Larry and I had an open and honest conversation about our sex life and it was embarrassingly far into our marriage. I mean, mm-hmm. we've only been married 10 years, but mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. like it was I can't remember exactly if it was like year 4 or year 5. It was probably it was definitely after we had our first child and we had never talked about it. We had never yeah talked about it and I still remember the whole I remember the whole conversation over where we were and I was just like petrified to talk about that um and (laughs) this week you were talking about like just the whole conversation bringing it to light yeah like how incredibly powerful just bringing it to the surface not in a way that's accusatory or you or that or like just acknowledging like the current state of a union. Yes. You know, like, let's just talk about the current state of the union, yeah. where we are in this aspect. And, oh. um, yeah, it was, it was all of those, those feelings right yeah. there. Like, well, so I was reading a little like Q and a thing between women, um, to get ready for this. Mm-hmm. It's a 
book and I don't know the title. Um, I should, I should be referencing this. <laughs> we are not sorry. referencing these people. There are really smart people that we have sought <laughs> advice on. But it was like this Q and A, it's a book. And I was working in Starbucks kind of getting ready mm-hmm. for this. I was reading some and I just have all my materials like strewn about. Well, I go up to the counter to go get my stuff and I can see like these two men kind of <laughs> pointing to my stuff, talking about what's she doing over there. And so of course I'm standing uh-huh. in the line, like mortified. I don't want to go back to my seat. Right. Like I can't go back. And then I'm like, no, yeah. I reject that. That's right. I want this to be normal. Yes. I want us to talk about this. Yes. So, um, so not only communication with like, you know, the world, right. but communication with our spouses. Definitely. Like, we have zero practice for this. We have zero role models. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, my husband is one of the best communicators mm-hmm. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, he is just very... Uh, it's very easy to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, he, like I said earlier, he is an open book. He is incredibly humble and, you know, will just lay Willing it. To learn. Yeah. And he's just like, tell me, you know, <laughs> um, and not everybody is, has experienced that. And, you know, some men have a little bit harder time. Some women have a little bit harder time, but I think you just, like you said, like you just start making it normal mm-hmm. and in, in a way of like, I love you. I love, we're again talking about the healthy marriage. I love our marriage. You know, I believe that we are going to be, you know, that we're going to be getting better at this for the rest of our lives. And, yes. you know, like they're going to have to separate us in the nursing home, yes. you know, like yes. it, it just creates a lightness around it. So it doesn't yeah. feel so serious. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like this like problem in our marriage, but it's something that we have to tend, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a huge part of that is communication. communication. Yeah. As we have grown and matured in our marriage, um, it things don't feel so like these huge problems, right? Yes. Like we can get in a disagreement, yes. and in you know we're getting to this place where I kind of am giggling as uh-huh. I'm like yelling uh-huh. at him, and, right, right, you know, right, right, and like right. he just says like these things. And I'm like, I can't believe you just said that to me, but it's funny that you did. There's some optimism <laughs> There's about some, that this isn't yeah, all going to come crashing right. down, right? And um, just and just letting them know you care, you know, yes, and that's and vice versa. It's like I care about this I'm part of our life. This. Yes. yes. We may not be doing it because I'm exhausted, <laughs> but I am for sure thinking about it and I love you very much and we should schedule it. <laughs> that was one thing I took away from the last episode. It's like, mm. okay, like we need to schedule it. And like, that's mm-hmm. like goes against everything of my personality. Well, sure. Everything of yeah. my personality. But like what you don't prioritize is going to get taken by other things. Well, the, the, the pushback you know that people have is i just like things to be spontaneous and whatever okay please yeah like when y'all were young and in love and you know newlyweds or whatever like you knew it was coming for sure so spontaneous the only thing thing spontaneous in my house is usually like some sort of kid crisis like (laughs) someone has done something we have to go to the emergency like that's my spontaneity like yes exactly Um, and i really feel like we have got to keep the long term in perspective there is gonna be a day that those babies are gonna be out of our home Mm -hmm. and we're going to be looking at that person Mm -hmm. and the best way that I know to stay on the same page is to have a healthy sex life with healthy communication, you know, mind, body, spirit, mind, body, spirit connection. Yes. Make that a priority. So good. Because we're not talking about this, um, as friends very much, really, Uh um, certainly not as a church, so everything that we're left to is really kind of what Hollywood decides to do with sure. it. Sure. Kind of what our culture decides to do with it. Yes. And I feel like um, while I, I feel like we kind of get, we get a very dramatic message of sex. Uh-huh. So it's when really it's a little more ordinary. That doesn't mean it's not wonderful. Right. So I think what Hollywood does is they make it wonderful and dramatic mm-hmm. when really it's kind of wonderful and ordinary. Yeah. You know, and so I think that acknowledging that mm-hmm. wonderfulness, wonderful, right? but ordinary is it makes talking about it a little yes. easier because when you are as, by the way, a wife or a husband, mm-hmm. you know, expecting fireworks right. every single time. If, if sex is this ordinary experience mm-hmm. done by ordinary people who have had bad days mm-hmm. or who have gained weight or, um, 
you know, this is the most vulnerable totally. thing that we can do mm-hmm. with another human being. I mean, right. there is no greater handing yourself over. And there's something about the and both component sure. of this is really incredibly very ordinary. Uh-huh. It's just me and my bad day. And the most wondrous, like mystical, yes, representative thing. Probably powerful beyond our wildest imagination. Yes. Yes. There's something about the and both of yes. that. That has God's name written all totally. over it. Totally. Yeah, totally. I <laughs> like, mean, that's I so recognize true. you all up in this. Yes. Like, this is your work, yeah. you know? And and I think that kind of getting rid of that Hollywood culture, that Hollywood idea right. of this kind of sleek finish. Right. You know, it's like, you know those memes going around that's like, they show this very glossy runner <laughs> running. And like, this is what I think I look like running. Yes. And then it's like, this, this is, is what I actually, really look like running. Yeah. And it's, you know the chubby kid like whatever but it's like this is just me that's right this is just my body yes so this was huge for me and this is what Lupe Tortilla when we had our Mm. conversation this was really like lit a light bulb for me um because guess what I don't look like I did 10 years ago imagine that shocker (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like I did 10 years ago um and um what I realized was I was getting in so much in my own way because of my being self-critical over what my body looked like. That and making up stories in my head of what Larry thought. Mm. And I mean, when we talked about that, when I said, look, after our conversation, when I came home, I'm like, look, I think I know what our disconnect right is, is right now. And I told him he was devastated. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, you know, and just so sweet and kind and affirming, you know, and that's something I still have to like reconcile with the Lord all the time. Like this is not about being perfect Mm -hmm. before my husband. Mm -hmm. This is me about being real. Now, one of the most powerful things that I have done and will do is being take is taking care of my body Mm. because not that I do that perfectly, but when I don't feel good, I don't want to do all the things and definitely not have sex. When you don't feel good, like you can't do all that you need to do. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that's going to go is sex when you're exhausted. And so I really think it's been something that's been really, um, that the Lord's really convicted my heart of. It's like, you can't carry all that I'm asking you to carry if you aren't taking care of yourself. And and we're not, and I'm not saying like you need to be in this perfect shape, but you need to be investing in yourself, like talking about self-care, like you need to be investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to make that a priority too. You can't, you can't give what you don't have. Right. So anyway. Right. right. Um, you know, it, it, I always, once I kind of either start taking care of myself and mm-hmm. get motivated, um, you know, start feeling more playful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, right. um, I, I have this grand realization, as it turns out, that sex can be quite fun. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, wow, I'm not sure why we haven't been doing that more yeah. often. But there's kind of this misplaced anxiety. Right. You know, and we seem to be worried about um, the ordinariness uh-huh. of it when that's part of the most beautiful right. thing about it. Right. You know? Or this feels like something, you know, and I think what was a huge shift for me is this is something that's going to take from me. And turning it to realize the truth is this is something right. that is give is life giving. That's good. You That's know, really good. Yeah. So you know we okay. So well, if we bring it back to good communication, if we bring it back to a healthy expectation, mm-hmm. if we bring it back to um, taking care of ourselves, you know, these are all of the things that kind of pour in mm-hmm. to our healthy sex mm-hmm. life. What do you think are the things? that can take away from it. Sure. And one of the things that I think is worth quoting in the last episode mm. is um, an enemy will do whatever he can yep. to bring you into sexual intimacy outside mm-hmm. of marriage. And mm-hmm. he will do everything he can to take you out of sexual intimacy yes. within your marriage. Yes. So there is a spiritual battle going on yes. here. There's very little doubt. What are you think? How How is the enemy pulling us yeah. away from each other within our marriages? The enemy is trying to get us to seek intimacy 
outside yes, of marriage. And that can be in really elsewhere. obvious places, like actually having extramarital, whether it be emotional, mm-hmm. physical, whatever, like that's mm-hmm. obviously very obvious. But I think there are also some other things that are less obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, one really big thing, and this is a huge, you know, something I feel super strongly about, but um, whether it be for a man or a woman, like Larry and I have decided that we are not going to masturbate by ourselves. Yes. You know, like that is self-fulfilling intimacy. Pause it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like the whole time I'm like, just, we're just going to do this. We're going to do this and we're going to do this maturely and we're going to say masturbate and it's going to be fine. We're just going to do it. Okay. We've got to get it together. (laughs) You were doing so good. Until you started You were like, you were so good. I was there. I'm like, I'm not talking about masturbation right now. You're like maintaining (laughs) eye contact. There's like no weird colors happening in your face. You were, you were so professional. Oh man. Thanks. Okay. Well, that's, we can just move, move move past (laughs) perfection. No, no, we're going to talk about it right here and right now. Masturbation. That's right. But you're right because it's an E, anything that is trying to circumvent. Yeah. It's trying to take an easy way out. The point is, is that whether it be masturbation or reading erotic literature or mm-hmm. watching movies that take too much of our attention that yeah, way, yeah. it, it, it steals from yeah. the, the unifying, the building that sex does in a marriage. Yeah. And so that and is, might it be more complicated mm-hmm. to initiate sex with your husband? Might that require more vulnerability That's on your right. part? That's right. Might you have to, you Deal know, tread into yeah. some, you know, yeah. some uncertain waters, Absolutely. perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that's one thing yeah. that I think can totally steal. Um, another thing that was really powerful for me is um, this teaching that, um, I listened to about soul ties Mm -hmm. and, you know, you can't find soul tie in the Bible. So, you know, this is, this is, um, like an experiential, um, you know, concept, but it's in, now I'm going to get all like historical Jewish on you, but I like it. You know, I do. I know you do. So, (laughs) People were not considered marriage it married until after the ceremony and they consummated their marriage. That is when a covenant was made. And there's all these details about, you know, how the, the how the act of sex constituted a marital cover, uh, marital covenant. So change of body. It it was. And um when you have had sex with someone else, you have created a spiritual connection with people and it is in my view impossible to you get to a point where you can't move further until you deal with that mm. and that doesn't mean that there that there, there's no hope that yeah. doesn't mean that redemption's not possible redemption is totally i mean that's what he does yeah um and but you can't receive the new until you release the old. You, there, there's just only so far that you can go. And so, and it doesn't necessarily have to be people that you had sex with, right? Like, mm. this is the God we serve. Like, he, mm. he's not just after, like, a a point in mm. intimacy. Mm. He's, like, once the, the whole heart in it. Mm. And so one thing that I really um, was really powerful and really freeing for me is I sat down and I asked the Lord to reveal anyone that I hadn't had a soul tie with that I needed to spiritually release from, to Mm -hmm. ask for forgiveness, to invite Jesus into that place, to redeem those places. And I couldn't believe Mm -hmm. the names and the people that the Lord brought to mind. I mean, people that I never even dated, but maybe, you know, there was something just, you know, I I connected with them in an emotional way. This is going to mean things to people. This is, this is important. Well, it was, it was, I mean, all of these things have been really helpful for me, but this was freeing and you really have to just bring it before the Lord and say, reveal it to me. Holy spirit, like search me. Mm. You know, I think we have to constantly be tending our heart. Like where, where have I looked other places? Where have I sought intimacy? Where have I, you know, 
created agreements with people mm-hmm. that are not of you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just invite Jesus in those places. As you're talking, do you know what I'm thinking of? What? This is a little, this is separate, but you know, you're talking about intimacy outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. You're talking about kind of taking, you know, whether it's shortcuts with masturbation or, mm-hmm. um, just being too linked to the past. But what about, you know, using, um, girlfriends and girls nights. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, getting together and spilling your gut, spilling your heart. I mean, how much of that information does your husband know? Right. It's, um, sometimes speaking to other women, you don't have to explain so much. Right. You know, they just, you know, in some ways they get some things a little bit easier. And so it becomes like this easy thing. There is absolutely a time in my marriage where, I would much rather go sit and talk for 45 minutes about sex with girlfriends mm-hmm. than I would, you know, pour a glass of wine and, and talk about it with my husband. Right. And it it has occurred to me, it, that's, that's not fair. Right. <laughs> We're talking fair. about something that he is intimately yes. involved in. And just because that conversation's easier yes. does not... Um, yeah. give it precedent that's right over the person that that's I am right. one with I need to be having this conversation with him I need right. to be um, not taking the easy way out mm-hmm. and that's not to diminish how important that having girlfriends that you can share with at all, at all. sure yeah. it's just it's most important yeah. with your husband I think you know we've received messages in this world that um, that good means easy mm-hmm. and bad means hard Mm-hmm. And so if things are hard, then, then that's not right. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a fat lie because, mm-hmm. um, just because this is a difficult conversation, it might produce a lot more fruit than getting together right. and, and, you know, right. Commiserating. Yes. <laughs> so, so true. One thing that you talked about, you touched on earlier that I'd love for you to expand on if you have more thoughts was just talking about sex is a gift. Mm-hmm. Like this is a gift mm-hmm. um, that we have. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier in our conversation, I think this was on the phone, not necessarily recorded, but there was a time in your marriage where you were like, is this even a good gift? Right. Like- <laughs> right. Well, sex is obviously so powerful. The enemy attacks us as early as he possibly can. Yeah. You know? And so, I That's mean... Great. You know, it, it is it is our most vulnerable state, and he hits us in our most vulnerable times. Mm-hmm. It is completely normal to have hard things that you guys have to work on. But I remember distinctly, it's like one of those conversations, you're like, I will never forget that as long as I live. Mm-hmm. You know, that we were, Larry and I were really like going back and forth and like trying to figure this out. And like, you know, like, how, what is, uh, what is holy sex? Like, what, what? You know, how much should I want it? How much should I be struggling in this place? And I remember us saying, like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the point? I wish it didn't exist because it's so hard right now. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because, again, it's like when you make those kind of bold, crazy statements, they're obviously not true. It's like, okay, this is a gift and God only gets gives good gifts. Right. And so um it's just worth working through. That's the that's a consequence. It's another consequence of no one ever talking about it is mm-hmm. not knowing what's normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know what's normal. Um mm-hmm. even just hearing other women say who are in marriages I deeply admire. Yes. I have seen yeah. <laughs> I have seen beautiful things at work yes. in your marriage. Mm-hmm. I have watched y'all love Sweet. one another. I have chills. Mm-hmm. But um you know, marriages I deeply admire to hear, you know, you say out loud, we've asked what the point is, <laughs> you know, like, well, thank goodness, yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so just, this doesn't need to be perfect. Mm-hmm. We don't need to figure it all out right now, right totally. this second. That's good. Not every time, you know, needs to be fireworks. So this is a good gift. You want to know why, how I know uh-huh. is because I have a clitoris and then it is only made for orgasm. That's it. Yeah. It's the only thing the thing does. Yes. You did that, God. Thank you. Yes. So actually, I think it's clitoris, but... Well, who the heck would know? Because no one's ever... We've only ever read the word, Rachel. No one's talking about it. That's so true. Since you're in scrubs, I'll defer to you. (laughs) I really... They didn't cover that in school, so... I love you, Rachel. Love it. This is a great conversation. I just... I think that women are going to lean in, they're going to giggle a little bit, and we're just going to keep talking about it. We're just going to keep talking about it until we're... So good. (laughs) Love you. Love you too.
And now a word from our sponsors, Hustle 3. You guys, I'm so excited about this. With five kids and a jillion activities to get them to, I don't have time to add a private baseball lesson into the mix, but my newest sponsor, Hustle 3, has come to the rescue. With a very reasonably priced monthly subscription service, all I have to do is take a video of my son hitting a baseball on my phone and then load it up to hustle3.com where an expert coach breaks down his swing frame by frame and gives him drills to work on that are specific to his needs. A few weeks later, I upload another video and the training continues. I can stop the subscription at any time and then restart it once the next season's here again. If my son ever decides to start pitching, I'm going to be using hustle3.com to get him expert instruction from, get this, a former major league baseball pitcher. Where else could I get my son access to this kind of training on my time with no driving around town and at an affordable price? I don't know much about baseball mechanics, but evidently, that's what he's learning. The drills teach him muscle memory patterns that don't just get him better, but help him to avoid injury down the road. I'm going to be a member of Hustle 3 community for years to come, and you should too. So if you think you might be interested, head over to Hustle3.com. Give it a try yourself. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers, but that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend, evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. I don't do this without a microphone. <laughs> this is my preferred method. We are on my porch. Yes. We both have coffee. It's morning. We've just done a mask. Our skin is glowing with vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> Grapefruit infused. We stayed up till two last night. Come on. What were we thinking? <laughs> Way too old for that. Um, okay. So just finished a conversation with Rachel and it was so good. We were talking just very specifically the things that add to intimacy, the things that take away from intimacy. And one of the things that I just, it was a quick mention within her conversation or within one of her sentences. And I thought it was an important point that it wasn't her main point, but she was talking about how by this point we've been married for a while. And so we've been able to watch seasons come and go. So there's not this impending doom. I have definitely experienced all three of those seasons where I'm like, oh, yes. boyfriend, enough yes. already. And then, you know, the season where I'm like, hey, Look over here. So cutie. <laughs> I'm <Remember>? so, <laughs> so cute. And then the other ones where I'm like, I'm so impressed with us right now. High five. Yes. yes. High fiving all over the place. Um, so. <laughs> I'm like picturing you naked high-fiving right now. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, after a good go, you're like, yeah, right on. Okay. And so there's something about that calmness that allows you to kind of have a bag of tricks, if you will. Yes, yes. <laughs> so regarding the bag of tricks, let's talk about the season where... So the times when he's initiating more than I am? Yes. What are some... Just life becomes a lot. Life becomes a lot. And so you just need some maybe very manageable ways to make this better. And that's actually the question from the reader. She asks, what do you do during dry spells to spice things up? Okay, so this is real practical, perhaps a little bit boring, but this is crazy town working at my house I had this aha moment that when I come into my bedroom and it's cluttered like there's just this layer of distraction in my brain and in my heart and everywhere else um, and so one day I was out doing something and I came home and our bedroom was clean and I was able to say now this is this is what gets a girl in a mood this is what get this was what I can like mm. start to focus on what else can be done in here besides seeing all the little things <laughs> um, and I meant it and it was like really genuine and he didn't like he hadn't cleaned the room for that reason but now that's like kind of become a thing mm. and it's it's a love language thing mm -hmm. um I don't see it like oh you clean the room it, no it's like oh my gosh that room is clean I want to make out with you um yes. and he's so he's happy so to do it especially during <laughs> those seasons and so it's just this you know I always want to be like very careful to not like do a um 
a reward system absolutely. at my house. I know, absolutely. It's not, it is not that. It is so genuine from both of our it's sides. So, and yes. so it's just it's a really valid thing. point. I really Seth and I have had conversations about this is our sex. I do not want to be the keeper of the sex. Oh, like yeah, this that's good. is that's good this is our sex. We are one body. This is our thing. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, what about you? Uh Kegels and Carpal. <laughs> Wow, okay. It just kind of brings me back into my body. Like, I mean, I think there's probably some, like, biofeedback happening, you know, body to brain. Not doing anything else. Get her ready. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like working out. I mean, it is working working out. out. It is working out. It's kind of like working out. Like, just do it and you'll feel better, you know. So that makes me think of um, just my train of thought here is like what other things can you be doing throughout the day to like kind of prepare or to get yourself in that frame of mind and mm-hmm. anticipation mm-hmm. and again kind of obvious but I feel like if I like start the day thinking about the way the day is going to end with my husband I'm like more thoughtful throughout the day to like check in and so there's just like this and just text or there's emoji there's an emoji for everything now mm, just to mm-hmm. find like a fun picture yes um, and it for me it's like setting intimacy throughout the day I love that from him too because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like you've been thinking of me all day and it ju- it feels really sweet mm-hmm. it feels like a tender thing I love that yeah. Um, I'm trying to be, I've made a commitment to just be more, um, complimentary and vocal during the actual sex act. Like I am totally convicted in this stage of life to be a good communicator on all fronts. All right. Well, cheers, beefy. Cheers. I've never met anyone like Mary. Well, technically I've never met Mary. You see we're internet friends, but don't let that fool you. This internet connection runs deep. Mary is so many things all at the same time. With one sentence, she can make me laugh, cry, think, and deeply, deeply feel. There's just something about Mary. You'll see. So today, we're going to talk about spicing up your married sex life. Just kidding. It's a good thing this is all audio and no visual because my face turns bright red when I just say the word sex. Really, we're going to talk about intimacy in marriage. I think most of us immediately think of sex when we hear the word intimacy, and it's no wonder. The word implies closeness, a bond, mutual attention to and knowledge of one another. We all want to be known, really known. One of the most profound ways we can show we love someone is to pay attention and get to know them. Greater physical intimacy follows from believing we are known and loved, and as a result, opening ourselves up in trust. That can't start in the bedroom. Intimacy starts when you remember that your significant other had a neck ache yesterday, so you ask if they're feeling better this morning, maybe even get out the Advil. It starts when you turn their side of the bed down in the hope, however unlikely, that they'll get the chance to nap after a rough night with restless sick kids. It starts when you take all the kids on a walk and to give them a few minutes of alone time on a Saturday afternoon. It sounds cliche to say that it's the little things that matter, but after 25 years of marriage, that has proven true time and time again. We can count on each other and turn to each other when the big storms hit, because we've always been there for each other, paying attention in every little tiny detail. True intimacy takes time, which is precisely why it grows with time. I hope you find some time today to breathe and know and be known. Dear God, go to the broken places. We might not even know what they are, but as much as we're able, we bring you our concerns and our pains and our desires. We cast our anxieties on you because we know that you care. We have sexual baggage, God. So God, we ask you to make it right. Replace what we know with truth. You've blessed us with our partners and you love our marriages. There's no way that we could have foreseen the seasons that we would go through, but nothing surprises you. Help us to demolish every obstacle that is against your will for our marriages. 
Help us to embrace the bodies you gave us, God, knowing that we are a creation that you called good. Help us to identify real issues that might need addressing through medical assistance or therapy or exercise. And then to have the discipline to follow through. Help us to feel beautiful. Help us to communicate honestly. Help us to take captive our thoughts. Help us to heal. In Jesus' name, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And for this episode, a special thank you to Seth Sullivan and Larry Levitt. Thank you to Rachel Levitt, Chan Redfield for Music, Hustle 3, Kristen Kelly, Mary Bishop, and Pamela Anthony Cutright. Be sure to send us your questions at centersaintsister at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Allison M. Sully and Facebook at Allison M. Sullivan. Be sure to like and subscribe. If you want to hear more of Mary's writings, go to madeforordinarytime.wordpress.com. Don't miss the mini episode for extras.